Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I was a mess, mm. an actual wreck. Um, and a lot of people didn't know because I think a lot of people see your output yeah. as an indication of how your mind is. But there are a lot of us who can so put out a lot of stuff. But internally, ooh, we, up. we are messed up, right? Even having that as a cultural element of you need to be at the top, mm. irrespective of what it costs you. Mm. And sometimes that costed me my mental health. Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee. And we are your online big sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's episode, we're talking mental health, sis. Trigger warning, we may explore depression, suicide, and other mental health issues in this episode. We lay bare our mental health journeys, destigmatizing therapy, and how to get access to the help that you need to heal. Mental health. Yes. Another heavily requested topic, something that's super pertinent in our generation. Yeah. Something that everyone has dealt with in some capacity, whether personally or in proxy to someone else Mm. so miss courtney hello (laughs) i feel like that's gonna become our thing when people are like what do you guys say on the it's miss courtney hello (laughs) um why is mental health important Mm. to our generation Ah, I think it's important across generations. It's important to every single person Mm. because you have a mind. (laughs) And the same way, literally, you have a mind, you have a a heart, you have emotions, you have a soul. Yeah. And in everything um, that we do, we are concerned with our physical health, right? Staying alive. Mm. But what about our mental health? What about making sure that our mind the way we process through the things that are happening to us the way we're handling stress Mm. um the way we interact with people and the way we feel when all of this is happening Mm -hmm. as we're going about our daily lives what impact or not even what impact what responses are we having to these things yeah what situations stress us out um and what are yeah literally what is our response to the different circumstances we find ourselves in the reason why that's important is the same way if you are overwhelmed physically you Mm -hmm. could die yeah if you're overwhelmed mentally you could die Mm -hmm. you know and and it's (laughs) it's through becoming a threat to yourself or um not knowing how to navigate through situations which put your peace and your health and your joy first and that's paramount and i think you can often lose yourself when you start when you forget about your mental health in everything that you're navigating through because you may think ah it's not that deep you may come from a time or a generation or from a background which kind of dismisses mental health which which thinks that mental health is a waste of time it makes you soft and all of these things but I think a lot of us can see Mm. through I mean sometimes I look at people in older generations and I think if you had taken time to process through your pain process through your trauma your depression Um, or had realized how this was having an effect on your mind or how this stage of your life had an effect on your mind, you wouldn't be this irrational now that you're old, you know? Because some people think 
this is just how I am. Like you're, you're erratic. You, mm. you're, you can't stay consistent to something. You can't stay committed to anything. You're, um, insecure. You're angry. And I, we can just see all over you that it's because you have an undealt with issue, <laughs> but because you think mental health is not important, you won't deal with it. Mm. And so now you're continuing to ruin people's lives. <laughs> Um, and and a lot of people don't a lot of people think that that's down to people's response to them and Mm -hmm. it's not it's about how are you dealing with what you've been through Mm. how are you and also not seeing taking your mental health as selfish I think another thing that's important um for our generation is to realize I think a lot of us have grown up seeing people think about everyone else like I know for me when I was growing up I was like watching my parents care about our extended family and yeah. care about everybody oh my gosh, but yes. them, you know? And now it's like our generation looks at that and or my, for myself, I look at that and I think, I'm going to make sure I'm okay. Mm. Not in a selfish way, but in the sense that I can't even help you if I'm not all right, you know? And even if I was to help really selflessly i have to realize that i'm doing a form of self-sacrifice here Mm. is this what's necessary right now um so that's that's what i'd say how about you yeah like i think mental health in our generation first of all i think it's really heartwarming to see how much we've progressed yeah and as much as you know sometimes we talk about the cons of social media and you know culture and all that kind of stuff becoming more prevalent in our lives Mm -hmm. it's been a great booster of bringing these issues to the forefront of the public mind so that we can be a lot more exactly so that we can be a lot more mindful of these kind of things and be a bit more tuned into how people are actually doing Mm. like and genuinely caring about the answer too because it's one it's one thing to ask the question and then be shocked when someone actually responds i'm not okay well what now i wasn't expecting you to say i wasn't expecting you to say something other than i'm fine (laughs) so i i I really applaud how this generation and this era is putting mental health a Mm, lot more at the forefront of like you know everyday life definitely um i think it's like it's such a big issue because of First of all, overload of information that we didn't have access to before. So, so the fact that we have access to information at the tip of our fingers, that is extremely traumatic. Oh, all of us are living the same traumas at oh, the same time. Crazy. In real time. It's Actually tiring. crazy. Like, I just think about how, for example, the day that Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah. Like, rest yeah. in peace. Traumatic. Trauma. Like, actual. Traumatic. I didn't meet this man <laughs> ever. Right? <laughs> but it was traumatic. Yeah. Um, or even when you hear that there's been, like, a hurricane or... Even with the um, George Floyd murder. Jo- oh, that's the that perfect example. That is the perfect example. It felt like I lost a brother. Mm. Seeing somebody's murder, literally execution, mm. and then all everything that followed, right? The Black Lives Matter protest yeah. and seeing it unfold in real time. Yeah. This isn't normal. Like it was it has never been normal for human beings to process that yeah. amount of information Whilst at the same in a time. Pandemic, Whilst in a economic pan- oh, uncertainty. Goodness. Don't even get me started on the fact we're in a panic. <laughs> we are in a panini. Oh, in a panna cotta. We are in a panini. <laughs> we're dead. We're the cheese inside, sis. We're the cheese inside. We're slapped it's in insane. between. Them. And and it's like 
you have to take care of your mental health. Like you have to, I mean, I'll even be having conversations with my parents who are both NHS workers mm-hmm. and just having to check in. Are you okay? Are you good? Because literally the stories they'll come and tell of like the, the deaths that they see and even just for people more widely mm-hmm. who have experienced familial deaths mm-hmm. and the, the loss of close people to them, you have to keep checking in. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you're thinking, am I going to have a job next month? Am oh. I still going to be on furlough? <laughs> am I going to be working? from home have i got covid you've got all of these things constantly playing on your mind that you have to take care of your mind it's tiring and then being in a pandemic is it ever going to end can i ever look forward (laughs) can i look forward to anything in the vaccine you just think of everything there's just a lot there's just a lot going on and i think what really underpins the experience of poor mental health in this generation is information overload yeah there's just too much for us to deal with and it is exhausting yeah and then you get for decision fatigue decision fatigue and then we have hyper productivity as another response yeah let's do we even have time to go into that this whole idea of hyper being a response to trauma yeah because you want to still feel you kind of want to trick your brain into thinking i'm still functional exactly so you're like doing all of these things to prove to yourself i'm okay i'm doing this i'm doing that in fact i can take on more stuff oh you know that's that's high functioning anxiety functioning anxiety (laughs) and it's like sis it's okay to slow down you're allowed Mm. to slow allow yourself Mm. to slow down because you have nothing to prove there's oh but the thing is social media will make you think mm. you have something to prove mm. it's all like that's why people be uh, posting and they're depressed I, sit down stop. go and sleep <laughs> for goodness sake this is it because it's like there is no one you actually have to prove to in 10 years time 20 years time i promise you some of the people that you think are important right now will be a like blip. a distant thought a dist a mere thought if a thought yeah. at all yeah but social media because it's constantly buzzing mm. it makes you think again information overload yeah we didn't have access to people's lives like this yeah all people's opinions all people's opinions this is another thing our generation <gasps> like we need to really guard our minds from mm-hmm. is the fear of man like the, the bible even says you know the fear of man is like one of the biggest snares yeah, right yeah it's so easy to let other people's opinions rule your life and control how you navigate through mm-hmm. life to the point where you kind of get this analysis paralysis yeah. or you get fear of doing anything because what will people say mm-hmm. you cannot live your life like that you have to become your own individual being and mm-hmm. i think so many of us literally feel like we're going quote unquote crazy because we're thinking a million things at the same time and it's battling against our true desires. Mm-hmm. So like you'll want to, for example, with myself, let me just use myself as an example. I'll run a record a video on something, right? For YouTube. And I'll think to myself, ah, can't do that because what if this person thinks that, but then that person might think that and that group might think that. Mm-hmm. And before you realize it, you're so paralyzed by everyone's opinions or your perceived, your perception of their opinions mm-hmm. But that's conflicting with your own desire to be who you actually are and say what you actually have to say. Yeah. That you kind of feel like you've let yourself down, but at the same time, you're protecting yourself, right? Yeah. 
that's a very weird place. Oh, 100%. To be 100%. in mentally. And I don't know who this is going to offend, but I also need to check some of you real quickly. Because oftentimes we think that we can only be the victim of these things. But sometimes we are also the perpetrators. The problem with information overload and easy access to social media is it makes everyone, like the decentralization of information, mm. right? It makes everyone think that their opinion is important and matters and needs to be said. They must oh. always comment. Oh. So you'll find a very strange and weird juxtaposition of people that will comment and say mental health is important. And, you know, like I'm a victim of yep. X, Y, Z. And yep. then the next day will go and be the critiques. Yep. And nobody asked you. Nobody has actually, you're not employed to do this. Beyond even just being asked, who qualified you? <laughs> Ooh, why? Be the qualification. Why? Like, Why? Like, I just, listen, I I genuinely say this in love because I'm tired of seeing it on social media yeah. and I'm tired of seeing it ruin people's self-esteem yeah. and stuff like that. I don't want to see the same people talking about mental health as the same critics. And I don't care if you're like criticizing a celebrity. Celebrities are humans too. People human that you beings, see online are humans Just too. like your mom. Just, <laughs> oh, just want to be honest because people oh. want to act like, People are robots. I mean. And just objects that they can throw any opinions at, they are just like you. You've got right? to be careful and remember that the like the people that you engage with online are people. Yeah. So live by the sword, die by the yeah. sword, right? Don't be coming on the internet to talk about the importance of mental health. And then two twos now, you're out here talking like rubbish about somebody else the next day. Yeah. I th- I th- and it comes down to that thing we always talk about, which is, this need to have power in any form, right? Yeah. yeah. People position themselves as judge, jury, and executioner Mm. just to have power. Mm. I think where a lot of us go wrong on social media is we say things like it's final and we feel as though we can say things like it's fine. Who are you? (laughs) Your words are not final words. You know, that thing of like, because I don't like you, your whole life should be finished. And I'm going to create a whole agenda against boy, you. Well, you've oh gone on an extreme tangent, but I'm going to go on this whole agenda to say things. And you can mm-hmm. see it even in the, even if you don't go on a whole hate campaign, mm-hmm. you can see it in the way you frame your sentences about somebody. Yeah. You make it seem as though because you don't like them, they shouldn't have a career. Yeah. Or because you don't like them, we should completely quote unquote cancel them, right? This whole power to cancel people. Who gave your voice that much power? And also why? You also need to think Ask about the question why. Again. If you are a like perpetrator of this kind of behavior, mm. if you are actively tearing down somebody else's mental health, you need to ask yourself to what ends and yeah, why. Like, why? why did you feel the need to go this far? Yeah. Why did you feel the... Because to me, it's the equivalent. It's not even the equivalent. It's bullying. It is bullying. It's bullying. Yeah. Because we've seen so many, I mean, high profile stars that yeah. have committed suicide as a result yeah. of cyberbullying. Caroline yeah. Flack, yeah. for example. Yeah. How many times have we seen, you know, it doesn't even have to be a celebrity for it to be big news. It can mm. be a friend. It can be somebody that you know. Yeah. It might even be someone you don't yeah. know. Or even these young, young kids Honestly. who get cyberbullied and it's like, I want to take my own life. And some of them do it successfully. And it's crazy. It is crazy. Oh gosh, yeah, it's quite chilling actually. Talk to us about your mental health journey and the. 
I don't know why I always still get nervous. I have definitely been vocal about this before, but it's very intense. Prepare yourself. The mental health issues that you have dealt with in the past. So I have battled with anxiety since I was a very young child. Um, Wait, did I say anxiety? Depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, I think having had different childhood experiences, um, being exposed to certain things and not knowing how to process through them properly. Mm-hmm. They definitely led to unhealthy habits, um, but also just a constant battle with my mind, my emotions, um, and not knowing how to really process them adequately. I think the the pinnacle of that was when I was 17 years old, mm-hmm. um, just extremely stressed, extremely tired, and overwhelmed by a lot of feelings. I uh, had... I'm had an attempt to commit suicide um this was february 2015 mm-hmm. right before doing my final um exams before i could go to university and it was one of the worst times of my life i was like descending almost to a place of paranoia um and just constantly feeling like i'm not good enough um people are criticizing me um people don't like me Mm. I I was basically like a mistake to even be on this earth like that's those were the rhetorics I constantly fed myself and I started to believe them um and really internalize them to the point where I was just like it would be better if I wasn't here um and so yeah one night overdosed on paracetamol um and I think it was to everybody's shock because I was extremely high functioning yeah I had a lot of responsibilities. I was intelligent. I had this offer to go to Cambridge University. I um, was a deputy head girl at my school. I was fine. Like I was a high, I was a high performer. I was literally like (laughs) poster child for success. Um, But behind closed doors, I was a mess, Mm. an actual wreck. Um, And a lot of people didn't know because I think a lot of people see your output. Yeah. as an indication of how your mind is but there are a lot of us who can so put out a lot of stuff but internally ooh, we jacked up we are messed up right and i think it was it was showing itself in personal relationships but not everyone sees you in the same context so mm. whilst you know my siblings could have told you something's wrong um my friends at school might not have been able to tell you something was wrong and so um i think that was that was a massive yeah, that was one of the the worst points of my life. Um, oh my it was tough. It yeah. was really tough. Yeah. How about you? Ooh. Well, you definitely struck a chord with the high functioning anxiety. Mm. That's something that I have dealt with for as long as I've been alive, maybe out <laughs> of the womb. Um, and I love what you said about the fact that we often judge someone's mental health on their output Mm. as opposed to how they're actually doing. Because that is the story of my life. Mm. Like my output has always been high, irrespective of whether I have been sad, depressed, whatever. My output is high. Yeah, and your capacity is high. And my capacity is also high. So if you were to look at someone like me and think, oh, she's good Mm. because her output is high, Mm. you would think I'd never had a bad day. Right. And I think... Part of the reason I'm able to do that or part of the reason why I have struggled with that is because of, partly because of my upbringing. Right. So my parents and the kind of trauma that they've had to go through as Mm. first generation immigrants Mm. means that they have had to basically function 
in the height of dysfunction. Mm. They've had to go through a lot. They've had to contend with the fact that they're in a different country, a different yeah. community. They're with people they've never, you know, met before. Yeah. And like, they're really starting a new life. Yeah. And then on top of that, the pressure to be, you know, parents yeah. and to provide when there's a lot of economic instability, yeah. there's a lot of racism being factored into that. And this whole idea of, in spite of was yes. really the mantra in my household yeah. in spite of xyz happening you need to make sure that this gets done right by any means necessary and it was very much reflected a lot in my education mm. by any means necessary i always had to be at the top Perform. in by any means necessary i always had to get to the top yeah and it was also a cultural thing um i'm not gonna lie shout out to nigerians as well <laughs> you know we're always we're always out here in the top percentage of yeah. something yeah so even having that as a cultural element of you need to be at the top mm. irrespective of what it costs you. Mm. And sometimes that costed me my mental health. Yeah. So I, very similarly to you, there were times where people would think, oh, like she's good. Like she's happy. Like everything is going well. Mm. When I would just be fantasizing like, yeah, it's really the end of the road for me here. I'm wow. tired. Like I'm actually done here. Like yeah. what, like would people miss me if I did X, Y, Z or like, do people actually know me? Like all of that kind of like paranoia and then the anxiety because thinking about like university journeys, right? Mm. The fact that we have been under pressure for such a long Crikey. period of our life. So when we were going to university, yeah. preparing for that, we were, you know, amongst the only, if not the only students yeah. to go to those kind of places, that kind of pressure. Then going to university, that kind of pressure. And on top of that pressure, um coming from the background that we do there's always the financial there's always the always. how do I look after my family um and I was having a conversation with a friend um earlier on and we were talking about something that's been termed the black tax or the minority mm. tax which is essentially if you are someone that comes from a working class minority background mm. you always have to be thinking about a whole other set of things in the background as you like pursue your career yeah. as you continue to do whatever it is you want to do so dealing with that um and then also dealing with loneliness facts because everybody wants to cap and act as though you know they're fine and they're good and whatnot but it gets lonely out here oh a hundred and i hate like as much as i don't get me wrong courtney knows this i love my own company yeah, i really really love my own company but sometimes it does get lonely and when you are alone it gets very very difficult to have a voice of reason yeah. that's different from your own that yeah. can reason with you when you're going through those dark periods yes. so yeah it, it just becomes really really difficult um and then another thing that i have dealt with in the past is also panic attacks mm. so by all means like i will have a panic attack yeah and then continue to work and finish the work I, it, it was so toxic i remember the first panic attack i ever had and <sighs> i was just thinking what the heck is happening to me like, I don't, under, why am I hyperventilating? Why like am I so hot? Literally. And even with, when you don't know how to adequately respond to these things because you feel as though it would be a waste of time, I definitely resonate with that thing of learning from your parents that things just need to get done, right? And you have to be the As one a, to get it done. Yeah. So you can sit there and you can cry. That's the thing. But get yourself up and get to work. Uh, at the end of the day, you still have to you work. You still have to work. So you can cry, you can exactly. do what so it is even you the, like. Even the crying seems like... Pointless. Completely. In fact, it seems <laughs> like <laughs> an enemy to your progression. Because why would you sit there and indulge in your 
being upset and in your sadness when you still know that you have to progress Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. almost a hindrance you know you might as well just act as though it's not there so you can progress easily and easier rather than feeling weighed down it is so so Um, toxic because i'm I'm, even if you think about in a practical sense it's it's a lot easier to unless your body forces you like in the sense of a panic attack but it's a lot easier to put compartmentalize and just put that part of yourself somewhere else mm-hmm. and just get on with it right then to say i'm gonna have a cry and then come back to my essay mm-hmm. nah like forget the cry and let's just get the essay done That's right a... um but the thing is you need the cry you mm-hmm. need to take a step back and process through what it is you're feeling because that you were saying about those moments then when you end up being alone it's very hard to drown out those voices oh, that you've hidden away like i always describe it as like when you put something, if you lock something in a wardrobe, right, and you lock it, lock and key, right, it will start to smell at some point, right? <laughs> or even if all these, all these lies and all these, vo- like, things that we tell ourselves in yeah. our mind that are not good enough, if I was to go, who would miss me and all of these things, we can shut them away so that for the short term, we can focus on what it is we're doing. But once you get on your own, especially right before you're about to sleep, here come all the come all the ghosts Anxiety, and they start panic attack literally they all come health. and just want to do bus bass together <laughs> you know um and they they just team up and i think the more you leave these things undealt with the heavier the crash yeah the the yeah. harder it is to really come back from that and it will take oh my goodness it will take literally the smallest of things to set you off trigger you <laughs> and you're gone you're gone i remember what like i had all these pent up feelings literally for my entire childhood yeah. and i think what really pushed me over to the the edge that night that i um attempted to commit suicide was like just seeing a letter like a addressed to somebody and like just literally my whole brain Ugh. fried like this was at it was at its final everything just exploded that was it the, the smallest thing and that people will literally be it. looking at you like why, why are what you crying? the heck why are you crying but it's it's been there oh, it's been waiting God. to come out um and unfortunately in my case and that's why i, I kind of want to warn people this story is it could have got to a point where it was irreversible mm. if you don't take those times to process through your emotions your body may get to a stage where it forces you to deal with those emotions deal with those feelings and it won't be as easy to come back from and it won't be nice yeah it, it won't, won't be, be nice pretty. and i think Another thing that's really important when dealing with mental health is unlearning the fact that emotions are bad. Because mm. I think, first of all, the fact that we, the way that we think about the human brain, right? We have the logical side, the mm. reasoning, and then the emotional side. Yeah. Already the connotations are emotions aren't as important as logic and reasoning. Mm. Um, and it's embedded in our culture, right? Yeah. This whole idea of historically and philosophically, yeah. there's a much higher weight and value attached to things of reasoning, yeah. things of logic, things yeah. of pondering. The science. All, all, all that boring stuff. Um, not boring, but important stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have now attached to emotions yeah. this idea that they're less valuable, yeah. or that they're bad, and yeah. that they're not as important as logic and yeah. reasoning. And if you are going, if you, like, that's already like a foundational cultural element. Mm. And then adding on top of it, all of the stuff that we've just been like talking about, mm. we will get to, we have gotten to a place where being emotional is seen as bad yeah, or irrational yeah. or like, and that's part of the reason why 
people like myself found it so tricky to process emotions mm. because we just thought it was bad. Yeah. And then when it does finally come out in a flood, you feel even worse because it's like, oh goodness, I couldn't control that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's also the other challenge where I, I guess we focused a lot on like anxiety, depression, um, stuff like that. But I think also with people who have other um, more clinical, like yeah, mental yeah. health issues, I think there's also that fear of, the stigma around that right if you're scared to go to your friends to be like hey i'm struggling with these thoughts then what about taking it this the next level up where it's like you've got to go and see a, psychi- a psychiatrist yeah. a therapist a doctor yeah. about something which is a much like a lot harder to pinpoint i think a, both of us have gone through like self-diagnosis of yeah. like, this is depression this is anxiety this was a panic attack but i think there are other people who struggle with things um like schizophrenia or like mm. borderline personality disorder and all these other things where it's like oh i don't actually understand this and mm. no one around me knows how to process this mm. but now i need to take it a step further and go and get clinically diagnosed that is scary yeah and i think we we also then there needs to be more talks about how do we approach those sorts of things because i think you know talking about depression anxiety because it has been destigmatized sometimes it can be not glamorized it is but yeah like people really water it down and they trivialize it like oh that's just my ocd oh that's just my anxiety flaring up or and it's just like let's not trivialize these things and and make all this work that's gone towards destigmatizing it completely unravel yeah because there is still so much more to be done in the works of destigmatizing mental health issues mm. and the discussion of it especially when it comes to these clinical issues um so i think a lot of people do still have fear around those because you you don't just you know tweet hey i've got BP- bpd or hey you know just got diagnosed with schizophrenia do you get what i mean like yeah. you actually you, you actually need to process these in a different way. Mm. And I think you need to allow yourself the time and the patience um, and give yourself the opportunity to process through these things because your mind is worth it. Your your mind and, and the, the making sure that it stays intact and that you're functional is actually worth taking care of. Mm. Um, not just for the sake of other people either. I think a lot of people want to process through their mental health mm-hmm. so that they can get back to performing that's not it you know you just have to give yourself the chance to be okay yeah and and know that you can care for yourself enough you can love yourself enough um to make sure that you're all right well i think that gives us a very natural segue into talking about professional help yeah thinking about things like going to see a psychiatrist and a therapist and you know, whatever form of professional help, whether it be like a helpline or whatnot. Miss Courtney, yes. talk to me about your experience with seeking professional help yes. for mental health issues. Yeah, so last year I started therapy. Whoop, whoop. Love it. Uh, loved nice. it, love it. I think you, first of all, you need to realize your battle with whatever mental health issue you're going with yeah. um, through. And even if you don't feel like you can comfortably describe it as a mental health issue and maybe you're just a lot more stressed than you used to be and you're you're forming new habits that you didn't have before you're Mm -hmm. starting to realize "Mm, something's wrong you know it's okay to seek professional health yeah um but also these things just aren't going to magically disappear right life can just get more Mm. intense things can just get more heavy and 
don't sweep things under the rug under this pretense that you know if i ignore it it's gonna go away that's not how mental health works sweetie the boogeyman will show up at the middle of the night and you'll be screaming (laughs) it's always the middle of the night it's like 2 a.m or something and you're like god and you just literally burst out crying yeah um so i think that first of all this isn't going to go away by itself and it needs active attention Mm. and you should um if you can seek out help now i know that there are certain barriers to therapy such as financial reasons and stuff like that um so i tried my best to find um or i was really happy that i was able to find an affordable online therapy which we will send out in the mailing list so if you have not signed up to the to my sisters mailing list Ooh. definitely go and do that through the link in our bio on instagram um and you can you know grow and glow with us weekly but we will send out that link so that you can sign up to um really affordable therapy if that's something that you're looking for yeah. but i think for me when I started therapy, it was so weird talking to oh, somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you go to therapy yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, we're going to talk about my emotions and it's all about me. But the reason why I loved it was here is somebody whose entire purpose is to help you process through your mind and your emotions. Mm. They don't know you like outside of this context. They are genuinely, this is the only way that they know you to try and help you through this specific thing right i think what can be difficult is you're constantly bombarded with these pressures of okay i feel this i don't even want to call it a weakness i'm going through this thing right but people still need me to show up as a friend people still need me to show up as a sister as a family member people still need me to show up at my job Mm. um or I, i might need to show up for my kids my kids or for my spouse um or in you know whatever responsibilities you have um or you know i need to still make content or i still need to deliver on this project people still require things from you even though you're going through things (laughs) so taking time out to go and talk to somebody who isn't expecting anything from you Mm, but for you to just come and say i need to process through these emotions is actually a breath of fresh air for me you know to have a segment of my week where i just sit down and say this is where i'm struggling this is what i need to Uh, process through these are my thoughts and my emotions Mm. and help me uncover things that I don't even know are there Mm -hmm. you know having that time to just step back and say how am I feeling you know and I'm learning to do that now on a more daily basis Mm -hmm. rather than just waiting for my weekly session to come by but it's it's refreshing but at the same time it's so heavy like I leave my therapy session sometimes like I need a nap I need to sleep. It gets like that. I'm tired. Like that was exhausting. It gets like that. But at the same time, you wake up thinking, okay, now I know what I need to battle through. Mm. And I feel like I'm being equipped with the tools to be able to do so because I have a better understanding and language for what it is I'm going through rather than feeling like I'm just going crazy. Going mad. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. um, Therapy was a very interesting, well, when I first started going, it was a very interesting um, experience for me. Mm. Um, Partly because when I was first introduced to therapy a while ago, I didn't believe in it. Mm. I was just like, why? Why am I talking to a stranger about how I feel? Like, that was literally my parents' response. Why? I was like, I'm not going to go. There's no reason I'm, and I mean, this is part of the whole high functioning um, mm. anxiety thing right where it's like i don't need this i'm functioning fine like wow i'm i'm okay i'm wow. good um and then when i did go for like my first therapy session 
no expectations. It was literally just like, you know, how are you doing? Mm. And it all just came out. Wow. And I was just thinking, I was already afraid of her response. Oh. And even that, we we unpacked that and talked about, you know, the fact that part of the reason why me and probably some people who are similar to me or like me don't really delve deep into like the traumas or the things that we're dealing with is we know the response is not going to be, well, we feel as though the response is not going to be the best. Mm. And having that burden of like unpacking to somebody else, especially if you're the kind of person where you feel like a lot of people come to you. Yeah. It can feel like you don't want to pass that quote unquote burden to yes. other people. Yes. Um. So yeah, talking about that, being able to just talk about things that are always left unsaid or having that space to just say what you want to say without any kind of ramifications mm. is really liberating. Yeah. There are some things that I've said in therapy that I've never said out loud. Yeah. Being able to do that so that these things are now real and that I can deal with them yeah. is like finally taking off a heavy rucksack after a really long mm. walk. It's just nice. You can yeah. move a bit freely again, a bit more freely again. And yeah and my therapist was cool like I got to choose her that was even another yeah, important same. thing you can choose your therapist you don't yeah. have to just go to someone and it's really important that you get the right fit for your mm. therapist too I knew straight away off the bat that I would ideally I would prefer somebody that was black or from a minority ethnic mm. um background for me the faith is what mattered most mm. yeah and I think it's important to really if you are seeking professional help in the form of therapy customizing your preferences yes so that you feel more comfortable um, being able to like talk about yourself and talk about mm. your feelings. Mm. And yeah, that was the outlet that therapy gave me and continues to give me. So I can talk about myself. Yeah. That's, it sounds so weird Without and so basic. It feeling selfish. But you can actually talk about yourself and say, this is how I felt. Yeah. This is what happened to me. And this is how I felt as a response. Yeah. Um, these are the things that we're dealing with. And I definitely resonate with the whole like heaviness because they'd be mm. asking some simple questions that will have you in your chest. Like my therapist, one of the questions she asked me was like, tell me about your childhood. I was like, ooh, child. That was my first therapy <sighs> session. Ooh, she, 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 tell me about yourself. I said, where should I start? She said, let's start with your childhood. I said, ooh, child. sis, I just, it's been 10 minutes. I you know. didn't even ask me for my favorite color. Literally. <laughs> you haven't even bought me lunch. Three words to describe myself. <laughs> None of that. You just went straight for the jugular. And I think, I, I totally love what you said because I think it's that space to talk about what you've been through, especially when no one has given the time to explore how you felt about the situation. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it comes to childhood trauma, for example, you may have seen something that other people went through, like your parents. Yeah. Your parents aren't going to ask you, how did you feel about what happened to me? Mm. But in this situation, you get to talk about the emotions you went through, even though you were kind of secondary in yeah. the situation. Yeah. Um, even processing through like, I remember having therapy sessions during the Black Lives Matter um, movement, kind of having its uprising last year mm. and having my therapist being like, you know, let's actually spend today on the next few weeks dedicated to how you feel about that. Mm. Not just because it's a political thing that's going on and let give me your opinion, but how do you feel? We know, I know I'm not African-American. I know I'm not in America, um, but I still have emotions towards this thing. I need to process through it. Um, and also that space where you do have the freedom to be vulnerable. 
especially in a society where people don't want to give you that mm-hmm. or you don't want to come across as weak or especially you don't want to as a woman yeah especially ah, oh, especially if you feel as though you have to have it all together yeah you have to have it all together so that other people can rely on you this is where you get to go um and for me not just therapy but it gave me a, an ability to now be really honest in my times of prayer right being mm. really honest with god about this is how i feel um, and these are things we need to process through. And they're also things that aren't disgusting. Mm. They're things that don't make me any less of a human being, but actually they are all a part of my story and who I am that I need to work out so I can become not just a better functioning person here on earth, mm. but actually so that I can have a good and pure heart towards things. And I can process through things like unforgiveness and resentment and all of those things. Yeah. Um, so I can navigate from a healthy place and not a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was one of the biggest blessings for me, even when I started my therapy journey was it pushed me closer to God. I think sometimes, especially from a faith point of view, like going to therapy can make you become very self-dependent and feeling like, oh, okay, so I'm going to put like, plan a b and c and these action steps in place so that i can know how to deal with my mental health and it's like you know that's not all that it's about so yeah yeah, therapy is beautiful man it's a great tool it's a great tool it is a great tool and i think yeah just to be cognizant of the fact that it is also a luxury i know that you know yeah (laughs) it's not it's not cheap it's not cheap there are some affordable options and as courtney said we will be sharing some of these options in our weekly newsletter so please do sign up but therapy is also a luxury in the destigmatization process of therapy Mm. and getting professional help we can often forget that wait this is not accessible to everybody yeah and not everybody had you know can afford to pay for somebody to listen to them and help them process and all that kind of stuff so my kind of closing question is how can people who are dealing with mental health issues who mm. may not ha- who may not be able to engage with or access therapy or professional yeah. help how can they take steps in the right direction to dealing with mental health problems Perfect. i think one thing that therapy does well i know that's not the question but therapy does well is it gets you to stop and have a designated time where you just evaluate your mind and your emotions mm-hmm. and your mental health. Mm-hmm. You need to incorporate that into your normal life. Mm. Even if it's not that you're talking That's to great. somebody, actually taking a moment, whether it's weekly or even I would recommend daily, where you sit down and you even write, you journal, or I used to speak out loud to myself. Journal. I know I sound, it must sound crazy, but I'd literally sit in a room and be like, how do I feel right now? And just process through that. Um, to actually journal and write down or to speak about how do you feel right now in this moment? Not what do you have to do? Mm -hmm. Not what has gone right and what's gone wrong, but how do you feel towards everything? Or how do you feel towards the things you have to do? Um, Are you feeling tired and exhausted? What is tiring you? Actually taking time to analyze and process through what's going on. Because I think sometimes we, we just busy our way through lives doing, 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 doing. Now, sometimes stop. Chill. Literally just stop, put a pause on it mm. and check in with how, how am I doing? You know, like how is, how is my mind processing things? How is my body even feeling? Yeah. Um, and taking, taking those moments to rest, yeah. taking those moments and, and rest doesn't have to be a, a holiday. 
You know, people think rest has to be this two week vacation. I'm taking time to rest. Nah, rest can literally be. And one of our friends was actually talking to me about this. um, And he was like, you know, why don't you check in with yourself two or three times a day where you just, you know, sit there and think, when I reflect on my goals that I had for the day, or if I reflect on how I felt for the last four hours, how has everything been going? It can literally be a two minute check-in, right? Mm. But a lot of us think rest is this luxury thing that we must allocate so much time to. Yeah. And that's why you get burnt out. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I'm very much a big advocate of resting daily mm-hmm. and making sure that you check in with yourself. I think it's just as Courtney would say, it's all about self awareness. Yeah, man. It really is about being aware of yourself, how you're feeling, how you're thinking. Yeah. And affording yourself the privilege of doing that. Yes. Because as much as we talk about selflessness and giving to others and listening to others and being there for everyone else, are you really there for yourself? Mm. Like at the end of the day, are you really there for yourself? Yeah. Can you show up for yourself the same way that you show up for other people? And if you can't, you shouldn't be showing up for anybody else. Oh. Oh, you really shouldn't be because your house is not in order. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But I do think sometimes in helping other people Mm -hmm. with their situations, you can then discover, oh, I need help too. A hundred percent. That's true. That's true. Um, But then when the balance is not right. Yes. And and when it becomes like a massive imbalance of like, I'm constantly giving, giving, and I'm never making sure that I'm okay. And you become resentful to other people because they're giving, they're giving themselves their own time. Massively. So basically in that same vein, then the advice that you give to other people, apply it to your life. You should take it. (laughs) That same energy, apply it to your life. Um, because you need it as well. You Honestly know, it's not truly. just about helping people sometimes. Help yourself. <laughs> sometimes help yourself. And that is how we will conclude the episode, <laughs> folks. Thank you I'll for tuning this in. dramatic pause, what? <laughs> you know me, I really am enjoying these dramatic endings. I love it. They're we really, it. really fun. Because I know that the sisters be complaining that, you know, they don't want to they don't want it to come to an end. So if oh. it does come to an end, we have to give them a real show. But As always, we want to know what you guys think about this conversation. Let us know what you have to say about mental health issues, therapy, professional help, and checking in with yourself. You can do this by adding us on Instagram at ToMySisterhood. And of course, come say hi to us on our personal pages at CD Boateng and at Renee Kapuku. Or you can tweet us with the hashtag to my sisters and join the sisterhood by signing up to our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together. We will talk to you very soon. And remember, keep glowing and growing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.